Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo and today we're going to be looking ahead to Sunderland's championship fixture against Burnley at Turf Moor. So to preview the match, joining myself, Joe Nicholson, we are joined by Dan Black from our sister title, the Burnley Express. Dan, how's things at your end? Good afternoon, Joe. Yeah, all good, thanks. Um, like I said before, I just got back from the uh, press conference with with Vincent Company to, to preview Friday night's game. So, yeah, just uh, cracking on with that, really. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there that you've been to see Vincent Company today. He's been speaking to the media. We're recording this on Thursday, ahead of Friday night's game at Turf Moor. So what were the kind of main lines to come out of that press conference from uh, Company? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, he was he was looking at, at Friday night's game and, and the opposition as... as you know, is, is, is a formality. Um, yeah, yeah, I meant a lot of nice things to say about Sunderland. Um, you know, he was saying he, he thinks they speak the same language in terms of uh, stylistics and, and philosophies and stuff and, and the way the way they approach games. Um, he thinks they're from a sem- similar family of, of, of football. And uh, and while he, he was appreciative and, and um, an understanding of the situation at the club at the minute with their kind of, injury crisis that, that, that they're suffering. Um, he knows he's got the players that can step in and, and prove themselves. So he knows it's going to be a difficult game um, on Friday night. Um, one they're going to take very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Looking at the table, it's obviously, obviously looking very good for Burnley. Top of the table by some distance as well, 13 points clear. Um, but will the aim for them now be, is there a realistic chance of them breaking the record for the most points in the championship. They're on 83 points. There's nine games to go. And I was just looking at the, the highest points total in the championship is 106 points that Reading got in the 2005-06 season. So is there any talk of of that potentially the Burnley team going and beating that record? I think that Reading side was was very good and, and, and very consistent, wasn't it? I, I spoke to Glenn Little, uh, the former Burnley winger, the other day on the way to the to the whole city game who was part of that red inside that, that set the record and you know he's he's he, he thinks that Burnley are going to do it he thinks they'll get there um mm-hmm. I think they can reach 110 points with the points yeah. remaining you know they've, they've still got some very tough games I mentioned Sunderland coming up they've got Middlesbrough away Sheffield United straight after that over the Easter period so th- there are tough games so to to hit those kind of numbers um is is going to be tough it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility but um, I think they've got the work cut out to do it. You know, we ask Vincent Company about records all the time, and and he, he won't acknowledge it. He won't address it. He just he just wants to crack on game by game as as they do, and and see where it gets them. But you know, there's there's only been five points in the history of the second five points, five teams in the history of the second tier that have that have reached the hundred point mark. So to reach that is you know is a, is a real achievement, and I think that's that's well within within their reach. Mm-hmm. Just another thing that uh, company said in his, his press conference that you mentioned, he was talking quite highly of Sunderland. It came up the game that they played back in October, the 4-2 win for Burnley, where Sunderland were 2-0 up at half-time and Burnley came back and won 4-2. Um, a lot was kind of made of that. I remember we spoke to you before that game and Burnley had quite a lot of draws before them. It hadn't really maybe clicked as well as it had done, but it seemed like that result coming back from two goals down at Sunderland really helped them kick on? Would you say that's the point of the season where it really did start to click for Burnley? Yeah, I think it certainly kind of engineered this 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 run that they've been on. Uh, the, you know, they've been in scintillating form uh, since then. And, and as we said, you know, you bring so many players in in, in the summer 
new management team, a new style of play, new backroom staff. You know, you've you've lost you know some of your talisman from from previous seasons under Sean Dyche. It's always going to be tough, and it's always going to take time for you know for that new regime to to gel. Um, you know, Vincent Company wanted to revolutionise Burnley, and, and and that is exactly what it's done. But it has taken some time. You know that that period they were they were dropping points and, and conceding goals, um, cheap goals, and it, it, you know you you kind of thought well maybe you know they'll need a second season for it all to really kick in, and and, and then you know they can they can push on. But yes, yeah, since then, since coming back from from that two goal deficit to win four two, the half time changes that came with it and. I think I think that was the moment where they stood up and thought, you know, we are, we are a really good side and we, and we can kick on and and really prove ourselves to be to be one of the best teams ever at, at this level. I think what it showed as well was the, the strength and depth. Like you mentioned, the, the changes that he made at half time was it Manuel Benson came off the bench and um, and scored one and really caused on a lot of problems that day. And looking at Burnley's kind of top goal scorers, they've got Nathan Teller is top with nineteen, but you've then kind of got a lot of players that have. Zahuri's got 11, Benson's got nine, Rodriguez has got nine. It seems like the, the goals have been kind of split around the team. There's not really been one standout player. I think that's been the, the beauty of it this season. Yeah. And that's something that Vincent Company wanted to bring into the side. He didn't, he didn't want to be dependent or reliant on, you know, one main goal scorer, or one leading goal scorer. He wanted goals to come from all over the pitch. And this season, you know, it's... I don't know if this is another record or not. You, you might have to do some digging, but I might have to do some digging. But they've had 19 different goal scorers this season and you know when you if you if you're coming up with those kind of numbers it's only going to lead you to success you know they've they've got threats from all over the pitch you know the fullbacks are, are high up they're playing inverted they're playing on the outside um overlapping underlapping you know it's, it's just the, the way they play is so fluid and the structure to it is it's, it's really easy on the eye and really good to watch and um yeah they they just they, every time they get forward at times they just look like they're going to score mm. Well, as you said, company mentioned today in his press conference that he said that Sunderland and Burnley are speak like a similar language in football. And it, he mentioned also the wingers, how Burnley and Sunderland both play with, with two natural wingers and how they maybe play quite a similar way. So is it has it kind of been throughout the whole season, Burnley playing this 4-2-3-1, but it's been very possession-based under company. That's clearly something that he's, he's wanted to implement at Turf Moor. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been very big on that. You know, I think... You know, if you if you were to look through the statistics, there's probably not many games where they haven't had 65% plus of, of mm. the ball in games. You know, they've they've been very very dominant, and you know, just just going back to to what I said previously about it all clicking. You know, they were dominant in early games without really providing as much of a of a threat. But now it's all come together. Now they're all understanding of each other's positions and and where they need to be and how each other play, the strengths and the weaknesses. You know, they just they're just going at teams from all different areas. Of, areas of the pitch and it's 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 frightening at times and you know as 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 Burnley get as Burnley take more and more control and they start taking over more and more territory teams drop deeper and you know they're just sitting ducks at times um you know I think it's it's 14 games this season now in which they've scored three three or more goals and um it, it could have been a lot more at times as well because you know as soon as they've got the third they've taken the foot off the gas a little bit yeah. and just play keep ball so yeah, he's been he's been very big on that this season, and you know the defense have played a massive a massive part in that. Mm -hmm. We mentioned some of the players just previously who were kind of key to this Burnley side, but are there any other names that you think are worth mentioning that Sunderland should look out for on Friday night? Um, yeah, I mean this 
As I, as I said, you know, they've got threats from all over. You know, Ian Matson were at the press conference today. We spoke to him, um, 21-year-old from Chelsea, Netherlands under under 21 international. Uh, I think he was January Championship player of the season. Has been excellent this year. You know, this has kind of been, I wouldn't say a breakthrough season because I think, you know, he was impressive at Coventry City as well and, and before that at Charlton. But I think this is this has been the season where he's really come through and matured. Um, you know, he's... He's added more to his game. He's he's a he's, he's strengthened defensively, but he's a threat going forward. Four goals, six assists. You know, he's he's contributed to you know many of the sixteen clean sheets that we've we've kept this season. And um, you know, he, he he continues to go from strength to strength. I presume he'll be a player they'll look at keeping hold of if they can if the options there in in the summer, depending on you know what Chelsea want to to do with him. Um. And, and for me, I think, you know, one of the unsung heroes of, of the piece this season has been Josh Cullen in the middle of the park. You know, he's been outstanding. He's such a good ball player, you know, very composed on the ball, very confident, and he just makes everything tick. And, you know, when he's on form, Burnley are on form, and you, you kind of notice just how much they're missing when he isn't in the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cullen, the player that had worked with company previously, hadn't he, and, and came in in the summer. So, yeah, um, yeah it looks like he's been a, a good signing for them, but... Just before the international break, they had that 6-0 defeat against Manchester City in the FA Cup. But was that just a case of Man City being Man City and and being the probably, you know, the best team in, in the country? And that shouldn't really have an impact on Burnley coming back to the championship, should it? Um, you had to bring that up, didn't you? I was going to hang up then. <laughs> it was a long afternoon, that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you, you, you kind of just have to sit there and admire just how good Manchester City are. You know, we... We've we've kind of gone through a theme as as Burnley fans and Burnley reporters of going to the Etihad and getting beat five nil. You know, I think there were four or five successive five nils under Sean Dyche in, in the Premier League, and kind of got to a stage where you um where you just kind of getting used to that. I think they're a bit more optimism going into it this time, but again, I think it just shows the, the levels, um, mm. you know, between the top end of the Championship and the top end of the of the Premier League. City were just incredible. Um, for the first half an hour, I thought Burnley did very well. kept kept them at arm's length. You know, Erling Haaland didn't touch the ball. Um, you know, a lot of the flair players, Kevin De Bruyne, were kept quiet. And, and you just thought, well, you know, maybe we've got a chance here. And then, kind of the last, you know, Haaland's had two touches at the end of the first half and scored two goals. And you know, that's that's the kind of player he is. He's just phenomenal, phenomenal talent. He's he's a monster of of the game, and will will go on to break many many records in in English football. Um, and once he, he got his hat trick at the start of the second half, it was just kind of um, they just it, they just made it look easy, really. They're just knocking the ball about and and manufacturing openings, and they've got so many good players, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, I know you know you look at Burnley, you know the the, the offerings that they've got on the pitch in, in in terms of the championship, but it's another level at Manchester City, and uh, they really were outstanding, and it, it was a shame, but. You know, I admired kind of Vincent Company's approach after the game. He was, he was almost saying like, you know, if I could play that game ten times more, I would do uh, to find, you know, find where we went wrong and find ways of addressing it and how how we can strengthen that and improve. And you know, that's what he's all about. And he's still not talking about promotion. He's still not talking about the title. He just wants his team to improve game on game. And you know, if if they've learned from that six 0 defeat, then that's brilliant. Um, you know, I think it's kind of shown the the level they'll need to be at next year you know it's not man city they particularly need to bridge the gap with but yeah. there is a bridge that needs to be gapped in terms of stepping up to the premier league 
Yeah, as you say, it does just show the big difference, isn't it? Burnley obviously run away leaders in the championship and then going and playing Man City and, and there's still a big big difference there. But Yeah, I mean, just, let's not forget as well, you know, they, they beat, they'd beaten Leipzig 7-1 in, in the Champions yeah. League a few days before. You know, you know that, that that's the, the kind of teams you're coming up against. So it's, you know, I don't, I don't think it says too much about Burnley. You know, they can take a lot of positives from that first half an hour and then Man City became Man City in, in the final hour and, you know they'll they'll recruit in the summer if they go up and you know these young players will all learn from that and and they'll get better and develop from that and you know you know they they went to Old Trafford earlier in the season in the Carabao Cup and gave a good account of themselves they beat Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium in, in an earlier round in the FA Cup so you know the talent's there and um, I thought you know I, th I think they'll be fine next year I think they'll I think they'll hold their own if they do get promoted. Mm. As you say, there has a lot has gone right this season as the league table shows and but what has it just been like because a lot was made of the change of style from going from Sean Dyche to Vincent Company and although I think it was you six seasons you had in the Premier League and now you've come down to the championship but I imagine for supporters and even reporters like yourself it's been quite an enjoyable season winning a lot of games and playing in the style that you have them. Yeah I think sometimes you need that don't you I, mm. I think when we spoke earlier on in the season I you know, I told you how much I enjoy the championship. It's it's a great division. It's a challenging division. It's so competitive, and it's been relentless this year. You know, obviously with the World Cup, it's been condensed. So it's it, you know it's been Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. You know, the fixtures have been all over the place. So it's been it's been really, really full on. But I think we got to that stage in the Premier League where we almost um, maybe got as far as as we could under Sean Dyche. You know, mm. it, it kind of dried up a little bit. We were battling every week um it you know you were getting dominated week in week out it was it was attritional and i think i think the enjoyment of it all just kind of like um was diluted a little bit for the fans and i think this season has has, has been one of those where they've they've kind of started appreciating football again and they're enjoying they're enjoying themselves you know there's sellout crowds every week at, at the turf and they're traveling in the numbers, you know, regardless of how many hundreds of miles they've got to go at the weekend for away games. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a nice little break for them. Um, and I think some of them would, if they could, they'd stay in the championship and, and have another season of this. But yeah. um, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a really intriguing um, campaign next year to see, you know, what Vincent Company can bring to it and, you know, whether, whether they are kind of the real deal and they can hold their own uh, at the highest level in England. Just going back to Friday's game then, have you seen much of Sunderland this season? How do you think the two sides would match up company, as we said before, seems to think they play quite a similar style? Yeah, well, you know, I was I was good because I actually missed the game at the stadium a lot yeah. um, in October. Um, so, I, you know, I, I checked, the, I was aware, I checked the score at half-time and I thought, well, that was a good one to miss. And then you go back at full-time and see that they've won 4-2, you think, oh God, yeah. typical. Um, yeah, I think, it's 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 going to be an interesting game. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, Sunderland are, are an attacking side. They're, they're more than capable on the day. I know they've been been hit with injuries. You know, players like Dan Ballard and, and Ross Stewart are going to be huge. They're going to leave huge holes in in, in any side. You know, and you know Sunderland have been quite reliant on on them this season. So that's that's going to have an impact. And you know, I think you know, when you beat Borough at the Stadium a lot and you know two 0 and they were flying at the time and. You ended up winning three or four games, and and now you've one winning seven. Is it something like that? Yeah. You know, it's probably coincided with this this little 
negative pattern of, of injuries you've had but you know it's, it, that that middle Middlesbrough result and, and the win away at Norwich shows how capable Tony Mowbray's side are and Burnley won't take someone likely by any you know not at all uh, regardless of how many key players they've got out you know they, they've got they have got strength in depth they've got some really really good prospects really young players that they'll be hungry to to prove themselves now and you know they'll want to come into this side and, and have a bit of a bit of a run in it as well so they'll be well up for it on Friday night and they'll make life hard for Burnley. Mm. Yeah, as you mentioned there, you know, as we've said before in this podcast, Sunderland have a lot of talented players, but when you've lost pretty much the spine of your team, when you've lost Dan Ballard, Corey Evans, Ross Stewart, a couple of other players as well, like Adjilise is out for the season, it is really difficult to replace. And I think that's been the difference with with Sunderland and some of the other teams going for promotion um, and Burnley being an example of that strength in depth. Uh, I think you had 13 players uh away on international duty. So I was just going to ask you about that. And I think a uh, company said today there was only one player that hadn't come back. Most of them had come back okay. So what's kind of the latest team news yeah. from the early end? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think, you, can, you know, in terms of playing us, it's probably coming at the worst possible time for you, perhaps, yeah. in terms of that, you know, you, you've mentioned the players that you're going to be missing there. Where, where We've just come through our, our bad patch, you know, We've had a lot, a lot of players out. Howard Bellis, Bayer's been missing. Matson's been missing. Brownhill's out, um, and others of you know Jay Rodriguez, who was the leading scorer at the time of of uh, his um, absence. You know that he's been out as well. So they, they they have had their issues as well, and they're just coming through that now. I think he uh, company said that they had a, a full bill of health. Um, everyone was available for training. I don't think everyone's going to be in contention to play the Sunderland game. I don't think we'll see. Jay Rodriguez or Josh Brownell, they have not had any minutes. Um, but I think Taylor Harwood Bellis, um, you know, could feature. Uh, Manuel Benson's obviously had a bit of game time just beforehand, so he'll come back into it as well. Um, so they are kind of back up to full strength now. Um, you know, and for the first time in a long time, we might actually see, you know, the trio of uh, Teller, um, Benson, and Zaruri playing behind Ashley Barnes uh, mm-hmm. in the final third, which is, you know, a frightening prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've, they've had 13 players on international duty. I think that kind of shows the the level that they're at at the minute. You know, a few playing for the for the under 21 sides yeah. and many playing for the um, for the senior sides. You know, in in, in Euro 2024 20, qualifying campaigns, and I think the only the only player that's doubtful is um, is going to be Lyle Foster, um, South African striker, who's I believe has had some. Um, passport issues um a few difficulties there so he's um, he's struggling getting back into the country whether he gets back here uh, in time i i think south africa were in, in liberia for their final yeah. afcon qualifying game um so it's a race against time for him um i don't think he would have started anyway uh, but he'd have certainly have been part of the match day squad mm. yeah there's a couple of sunderland players as well that have been away with their countries, Ahmad Diallo, for example, was away playing for the Ivory Coast on Tuesday, so he wouldn't have got back until you know later in this week. And it is a quick turnaround, isn't it, with the with the game coming Friday? So both sides may have a few doubts because of players being away on on international duty. But Dan, we usually just finish by asking our guests just by to have a quick score prediction. How do you think the game is going to go at Turf Moor on Friday night? Uh, I think. Um, you know, given the situations that we've that that we've broached, and um, you know the fact that Burnley, I think the twenty-two games in all competitions unbeaten at Turf Moor, mm. 
I'd have to go for a home win. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say two or three nil. I think. I think just back to full strength. You know, Burnley, Burnley appearing at the minute. Potentially, you know, if they win the next two, they back in the Premier League, and they'll all be they'll all be really really um, ramped up for these for these next two and well the next three over the Easter period with with Borough and, and Sheffield United to follow. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably go with a a strong home win. Yeah, I, can't, I tend to agree. With I think I'll probably go two 0 Burnley. I think it's a very difficult test for Sunderland with the players they've got out, and Burnley still have that motivation of trying to seal promotion, trying to potentially get this points record. And I think it's just it is a big ask for Sunderland going there with with the players they've got out. But we have seen they can go and cause teams problems. They went to Norwich away a couple of weeks ago and beat them, and no one really saw that coming. But I think the, the league table shows this is probably the toughest test in the championship, and. Uh, Burnley sound like they're in pretty good nick heading into this game, but um, sure it'll be a good atmosphere at Turf Moor. Sunderland always travel well with their fans going going away to ground, so um, I'm sure it'll be a good occasion on Friday night live on the, on Sky Sports. So, Dan, thanks a lot for joining us on the uh, latest episode of the Raw podcast. Uh, if you like what we do with the podcast, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leaving a review for all the latest SFC news, you can head over to the Sunland section of the Sunland Echo website and you can find the thoughts of Sunland head coach Tony Mowbray. He spoke to the media earlier this week and we'll also have more build up to Friday's match against Burnley at Turf Moor. So once again, thanks a lot for listening to the Raw podcast. <laughs>